Hello and welcome to Twin Talk. This is Angie and I'm here with Joy and we're getting ready to talk about the biography Natalie Wood. It's by Suzanne Finstead and it was released March the 10th of 2020. So fairly new book mm -hmm. and one thing about it I didn't know was it was on the New York Times bestseller list which anytime you know it's on the New York Times bestseller you know it's a good book. Um, so, Natalie Wood was born Natalia Nikolovna Zakarenko, <laughs> I'm doing my best here, on July 20th, 1938, and she died November 29th, 1981. She was an American actress who began her career in film as a child and successfully transitioned to young adult roles. She was the recipient of four Golden Globes and received three Academy Award nominations. So, before we begin this discussion, I was just talking to Joy right before we hit record. We are talking about how a lot of our podcasts, you know, we've discussed the book and, you know, we've discussed it together. We've got each other's opinions. But this is one of those books we haven't had time to talk about. So, Joy, I'm kind of mm -hmm. excited because I want to hear your thoughts on some of the things about her life. Right. So, yeah, we have not had a chance to even talk about this book with each other, so I'm interested to see what your thoughts as well. Yeah, and did you realize that on, okay, you listened to it on, or listened to it on Audible? Yeah, I listened to it. I didn't actually read the book. I just listened to it on Audible. Do you realize it was 20 hours long? Yes, it is. So, that's the first thing I guess we should mm -hmm. tell the listeners is get ready. Once again, you're going to have to devote some time. It's 20 mm -hmm. hours long. But if you like memoirs, if you like, or not really memoirs, if you like mm -hmm. biographies, mm -hmm. this is super in-depth, and it provides you with tons and tons of kind of backstories and details and behind-the-scenes stuff. To me, it was fascinating. It was very interesting. All the people she rubbed shoulders with, you know, mm -hmm. all the people that she came into contact with, how she became a star. I didn't know. I would say 95% of the stuff that's in the book, I had no idea. I did not know. Because I didn't know a lot about Natalie Wood before I read this biography. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you was how mm -hmm. much about her you knew. Because you know how sometimes you, sometimes you kind of have a fascination with mm -hmm. certain people or old actors or actresses. Right. And, and, and through your life, you've watched their movies, right. you've read articles or books about them. Well, right, and she just wasn't one of them. Right. Not Nothing against her. I just had never had any interest. I didn't know anything about her. I mean, I think I had heard of her name, and I knew she was in Rebel Without a Cause, but other than that, I didn't know anything about her. Yeah, and just to be, I think I told you this, but over the Christmas break, I was just bored, mm -hmm. and I started looking through your list in Audible, and I saw that you had re listened to the Natalie Wood. Yes. And mm -hmm. literally, the thought that came to my mind was, I know nothing about her. Right. I thought this would be interesting. And I did when I went to purchase the book. Um, I hesitated because I was like, oh, I don't know if this, you know, I, I don't know much about her. I don't know if this will be inter interesting. Mm -hmm. But then I started reading the reviews and it really, it intrigued me. Some mm -hmm. of the reviews and some of the things people were saying. Mm -hmm. And really, honestly, the, the thing that I know the most about is that Robert Wagner has always been a suspect in her drowning mm -hmm. and I've always been fascinated by that like what's it like for him always kind of being a suspect and people you know people being suspicious of him and because you know we grew up watching heart to heart that's what I was getting ready yeah. to say so that's how we know Robert Wagner is we right. grew up watching him and Stephanie Powers and we grew up watching heart to heart and of course I always liked Robert Wagner because he mm -hmm. was you know what was his name on the show I cannot remember 
Jonathan, Jonathan, Hart. Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Hart. What was her name? Uh, Stephanie Powers was, uh, well, Mrs. Hart. I don't remember. <laughs> She's gorgeous. <laughs> Max I forgot say. about that. Well, I forgot yeah. about Max. But honestly, that's the only thing I really knew was that. Was it Jennifer? She, that she, she, a uh, Jennifer. Was it Jennifer? It, maybe it was Jennifer. Okay, I might be wrong. Sorry. But anyway, Sorry. I just knew that um, there was a mystery surrounding her death. Mm-hmm. And that's really what, because in the reviews, they said it really gets into the night that she died. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you have to wait till the end of the book to get to all that. But that was fascinating to me, reading about what led up, all the events that led up to the night of her death and then what's happened since. Yeah. So, so that's, so I'm same boat as you. You know, my only... Like, I have no idea who she was, except that there was a link to Robert Wagner, which, just like you, my first thought was, oh, well, I watched him at Heart to Heart all mm-hmm. those years, you know, and, and he he always said that. He's one of these suave, Cary yeah, Grant type act- actors, you know. Yes, very. very. He fit the role perfectly. So, so, to begin the book, the author discusses... Natalie's mother, almost to a point that you just write enough about the mother, but she has to because, in order to understand who Natalie Wood is and why and why she ended up being an actress and and just to even understand her life, you have to understand the role. Her yes, mother her mother is a vital character in her life, Major and I influence. will say this: if you're listening to this podcast right now and you begin to listen to the Natalie Wood book or read it. Don't give up, okay? Because I'm with you. Yeah. A few chat. I'm like, okay, enough about the mother. They totally go into the their Russian heritage and the mother's background. And honestly, I wanted to stop reading after a while because mm. I was like, oh my gosh, enough about the mother. Enough about the. I was kind of getting tired of it. I wanted to get to Natalie's acting career and things. Yeah. I, I felt like I was bogged down. But like I'm saying, just I'm telling the listeners. Stick with it because it gets really good. Now, I'm not sure, but so her mom reminded me so much of another famous actress whose mother was the same way, Mm -hmm. and I want to say it was Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, I'm not sure. So I read a biography on Elizabeth Taylor, and I just felt like it was a mirror of the the story. Okay. So you need to read that sometime. And if I'm wrong, I'll do a disclaimer in a a future podcast. But anyway, um, so... The mother, let's just, how do we put this she in She is, she's living vicariously through her daughter. There you go. She wanted to be a famous actress, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. and it never happened for her. And for some reason. I think she wanted to be a, or a or, ballerina. And, yeah, so. or a dancer. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, because her dreams didn't come true, mm-hmm. she was going to move heaven and hell, right? Yeah. Yeah, to yeah. make sure that her daughter became a famous either dancer, actress, somebody in the spotlight, she was determined that her daughter was going to be famous. Okay, and all that was fueled by mm-hmm. an encounter she had with a fortune teller. Yes, this fortune teller, mm-hmm. it really plays into the story. So a fortune teller tells her that, that her second child tells mm-hmm. the mother that she's going to have, you know, uh, a second child and she's going to be beautiful and she's going to be famous well Mm -hmm. tell this to a woman who probably is already star crazy or has these grand notions in her head 
And I feel like the way they described her is that she had one of these personalities that was just really over the top. Yes, just you know, obsessive. Like just had these grand illusions of grandeur. And they said and, she was obsessed with stardom. She was yeah. obsessed with actors and actresses. Matter of fact, didn't Natalie have a picture of a famous actress over her crib? I think they up. said she had pictures all along her wall of, yeah. of movie stars. And then when she she would take Natalie to movies constantly. And, and we're talking when Natalie was like three, yeah, three and four, four years, years old. old. She's already taking her to the movies. She's mm-hmm. already filling her heads with, you're going to be that lady on the screen. Yeah, and they said and that. didn't she already take her to ballet lessons when she was that young? I believe so. I can't remember at what point. She did mm-hmm. take ballet lessons. From a very at what young age. age. But at one point during the movies back in the day, so I guess if she was born in 38, this would have been like in the early 40s, apparently they said they would turn the projector at the end of the movie or whatever it was they did, and the mom would tell her, they're, they're filming you now. Yeah. They're, they're looking mm-hmm. at you, and she would always yeah, tell her. Yeah, from the time she was born, Natalie's head was filled with her mom whispering, whispering in her ear, you're beautiful, you're going to be famous, Mm -hmm. that's going to be you. She had it drilled into her head from day one. So you talk about pressure to perform. And Natalie, you know, she, they say all through the book, Natalie had the type of personality that she wanted to please people. Yes. And so she, and she was very, she was a conformist. She always wanted to conform Mm -hmm. and do things that please people. So she never, ever questioned her mother. Well, she's too young to realize what was going on, number one. Mm -hmm. But even as she got older, not until she became a teenager, did she ever question her mother or daughters or... So it's kind of a bad combination. You got mm -hmm. a mother who's hovering and pushy and super driven and then you've got the daughter who's a people pleaser and will do anything her mom says anything to please her anything very obedient mm-hmm. and it doesn't turn out well right and if anybody's wondering where's the father mm-hmm. the, there is a father in the picture but he is uh, the wife apparently is pretty overbearing and she wears the pants in the family mm-hmm. and the way they describe him in the book is he's sitting back in a corner drinking vodka yeah <laughs> He basically is an alcoholic. He feels, yeah. I think he just, he has no role. He has right. no, full, Natalie, pretty much once she gets her first acting job, mm-hmm. she's the breadwinner of the family. Yeah, I just pictured the mom mm-hmm. that, uh, to being one of these nagging wives. Mm-hmm. And like, so her personality was so big and so large and looming, he kind of shrunk into the Yes, background. he's just kind of, he's proud of Natalie. Yeah. But he and the mom fight so much. He's mm-hmm. He gets out of the house as much as he can. He does have a job on the movie set, like building set and mm-hmm. things I believe like a carpenter yeah but it's really more just to keep them busy I don't think it pays a lot and that's another pressure Natalie had she was the breadwinner is always like where's the next check gonna come from where's the next movie gonna mm-hmm. be you know so I just wrote down just a few of her career highlights okay and um so the very first movie she did was called Happy Land and she was four years old mm-hmm. and of course it was just a scene where she's on a sidewalk and I think she's eating an ice cream cone right. or something like that and of course the mom had strategically made sure she was on a movie set at a location where a producer would see her, and then that's how she got the part for this yeah. movie. Yeah, she was always um, maneuvering yeah. Natalie in front of... To be in, in the right place Yeah, at the right she always time. tried to make sure she's in the right place at the right time with the most influential people. Yeah. So, but obviously what her mom did work because it worked because uh, she mm-hmm. got her in the movie. So, like I said, she was four when she did Happy Land. Well... Uh, someone from that movie remembered her and she got to audition when she was eight years old for Miracle on 34th Street. Mm-hmm. Now, and I didn't realize that till I read this book that she was in Miracle on 34th so Street. So I'm curious, have you seen that movie? I have, but it's been so long ago. And I know it's a classic and I know mm-hmm. some people watch it every single yeah. Christmas. 
But it's been so long, and I've only seen bits and pieces, so I don't remember her being in it. I know they play it every year. It's like one of the staples that you mm -hmm. see on TV every year. You know they're going to play a miracle on 34th Street. Yeah. I I've never seen it. Okay, so, I know I've only seen bits so and pieces of it. I know it. there's probably people all across the United States that remember her from that movie. Yeah. That love, there's people that love the movie, I'm sure. Right. And they probably loved Natalie. You know, mm -hmm. you kind of, they probably had a connection with her because of the movie. Okay, so in her teenage years, we're going to go forward a little bit here, she earned a nomination for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for her, for her performance in Rebel Without a Cause. Mm -hmm. Okay, have you seen that one? Okay, so, yes, as I was reading this book, I'm like, you know, I'm getting more interested in her life because I'm reading all about it. So I went ahead and uh, found it on Netflix or somewhere. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. I may have even rented it um, off TV. And I, and I started watching it. Actually, I watched the whole thing, yeah. Probably. Not just to watch her, but also to watch James Dean, because mm -hmm. they talk about James Dean quite a bit in the book. Mm -hmm. And to me, the stories about him are just as interesting as the stories about yeah, Natalie. I agree. He, oh my goodness, he sounded like the biggest nuisance. Like, it says he was always, he sounded immature. Yeah. He was always doing crazy stuff on the set. I mean, obviously, he was like this legendary actor, and people loved him. But according to this biography... He was a pain in the butt. He was okay, always... So, well, okay, so here's the thing about James Dean. Mm -hmm. you, you have these two categories of actors. You've got your Hollywood, West Coast, the, who just go in and just do mm -hmm. their roles. And then you have these people who came from New York acting. The actor the studio. Actor studio. And and what, method actors. And they have method acting. And yes. they, they're a whole different breed. And, yes. And so he was one of these New York method actors. Yes. And so one of the funniest parts of the book to me was he uh, these uh, seasoned actors come in getting ready to do their next, the next scene, but they're watching him perform, and he's doing something to get into character. He's, yeah. like, on the floor, rolled up into a fetal yes. position. And they just start laughing their heads off. They're yes. like, what is this guy doing? And mm -hmm. they think it's a bunch of baloney. Right. So I thought that was funny. And then they mentioned, several people in the book mentioned that they thought that James Dean guy was just weird. Yes. You know, so... So a lot of the actors thought he was weird, mm -hmm. that his methods were weird, and just the way they described him... They he, thought he was weird, or he, they worshipped him. Yes, and that's what I was going to say about Natalie. Mm -hmm. She worshipped him. She thought he was like an acting god. Yes, yeah, she... Because he was a method actor from New York. She felt insecure around him and she wanted to learn from him. So here's the impression I got. Okay. Boy, I want to see if you agree with me. All right. And I know this is about Natalie, but it's hard not to talk about I know, about James but there's Dean. quite a bit about James Dean, so we yeah. need to talk about him too. So here was my impression. If you went to the movie during the 50s, because it was it came out in 1955, mm -hmm. and you saw James Dean up on the screen, mm -hmm. you the guys thought he was cool, and yep. they wanted to be like him, and the girls fell in love with him. Yeah. But if you were an actor, yes. you thought he was weird. Yes. <laughs> if you're an actor, unless he was annoying like and Natalie. weird. Unless you're like Natalie, who thought, ooh, method actors are, mm -hmm. oh, they're well, like she had never cutting been, edge, you know. She'd never really been exposed to anything like that, so right. to her, it was all something new. Yeah. But she, and they never dated. Matter of fact, he was heartbroken. They talk about how he was heartbroken because uh, he had been engaged to a girl, and the girl's parents, I believe, had made her break up with him because mm -hmm. they didn't, they just thought he wasn't good for her. I, well, it's been a while since I've read it. And he was heartbroken because she had broken up with him, right? Yeah, something like and that. And she was I an actress, remember. I think. Well, okay, let me ask you this. So I always knew he died early at a young mm -hmm. age. But he, one thing that totally caught me off guard, because I had forgotten this, 
he died before that movie was ever released. Yes, to me that was what. That's another thing that's so sad. Yeah. Um, and I always wondered very, if he. Very odd that all I, that. I always happened. wondered if he had not died before Rebel Without a. Yeah, when Rebel Without a Cause came on, mm-hmm. he had already died in the car crash. Yeah. And I always and I know like and the cells think, were through right, the roof. So do you think that made the movie even more iconic? That's what because, I'm wondering. Okay. That's what I'm wondering mm-hmm. is. I still think the movie would have been a hit, but would it have been the huge smash that it was exactly. if he hadn't died? My it's, it's the same old scenario. You have a really famous actor who dies young, mm-hmm. and they become this legendary icon that mm-hmm. people almost idolize and yes. worship, and you wonder, if that hadn't happened, would they be immortalized the yes. way they are? Yes. I, I don't know in most of some cases. And that, and Giant, I think. Did, I think mm-hmm. it was the next movie to come out. Was he alive when Giant came out? Oh, gosh, I don't I know. I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, I just think it's so sad that that movie was such a big hit, and he wasn't there to enjoy the success. Oh. But everybody was saying, everything I've read, that all the... Whatever the everyone critics, in the whatever, industry. everyone in the industry was saying he was the next hot thing. He yeah. was the next great. I do know he was getting touted big time by people in the industry that he was the next big yeah. actor and that, that he was highly wanted for movies yes. and things. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so just I need to mention that this script was the first script she that Natalie actually wanted to do. Yes, before she'd been given scripts, you know, she had to do them. She they was were told, all fluff pieces. She's always a little girl. They're, her characters didn't have much depth. Yeah, mm. you're right. This is the first character she actually thought had depth and that she mm. actually wanted to play. And she was worried about auditioning and getting the part. Like, she worried and fretted over it for a mm. long time. Okay, so moving on. Next, and th- this is what blows my mind. And we were talking about one of the biggest iconic movies uh, in the 50s, mm-hmm. Rebel Without a Cause. And now we go into 1961, West Side Story. Mm-hmm. I mean, my goodness. So here yeah. we are, another huge, huge... Mm-hmm. Uh, smash hit. Smash hit. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, she is Maria, who is... It, once again, I've never seen West Side Story. Have okay, you? so yes. So when I first started teaching Spanish... Um, I had a feeling you'd say yes. I showed it to one, and actually, I know some uh, art—not art, but some music teachers, like musical theater type Mm -hmm. stuff—that they'll show it to students, the original. But I remember, and don't even ask me where I got the movie. I probably—it was probably back then. It's probably a VCR tape. Mm. But I showed this to to my Spanish classes one year, one of the first years I taught. And they they were okay, but, you know, it's older, and the music's kind of cheesy to them, and they just didn't really get into it. So, honestly, I think it only showed it one year. So, yes, I've seen it because I showed it to my Spanish classes. So, maybe it's harder for today's kids to connect it with is. it. And this is, like, 20 years ago when yeah. I showed this, but yeah, they just couldn't it. connect and with the music or the actor. So, I just never showed it again, but I okay. have seen it, yeah. Okay, well, apparently the... Apparently, the critics thought she did a, a good job in, mm-hmm. in that. Well, um, here's one thing, too, that I didn't know that the book brought out, that she was a decent singer mm-hmm. and that she was recorded doing all the scenes, but the studio wasn't happy, and they did a voiceover. They yeah. had another actress sing all the parts, and they said that just crushed her. Yeah. She was so disappointed that they didn't use her voice, and I didn't know that wasn't her voice in the movie. Yeah. Until I read this book. Yeah. 
Okay, so also in 1961, Splendor in the Grass. Mm, now, I've never seen that. Uh, and and for some reason, I want to say Mon- Montgomery Clift was in that. Mm-hmm. And once again, I may be completely wrong about this. I wish I'd have done a little bit more research. But uh, when I read the Liz Taylor biography, she was really good friends with Montgomery Clift. Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember reading a lot about Splendor in the Grass. But once again, I've never seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen that And then one. in 1963, she was in a movie called Love with the Proper Stranger. And that's where she met uh, Warren Beatty Mm -hmm. and they co-starred together but now during all of this she's a teenager and Mm -hmm. she's she's missed and she's Um, just about Warren Beatty oh yeah go ahead I just think this is funny Mm -hmm. because she talks about how vain he was yeah they acted like he was another so vain well what you're so vain by Carly Simon isn't that song supposed to be about Warren Beatty oh I thought it was about Mick Jagger no (laughs) everything I've ever read said that you're so vain that that song was written about Warren Beatty Warren Beatty because he dated Carly Simon. Really? Yes, they were a thing. Oh, I and then Warren Beatty that. and okay. Natalie Wood were a thing. And that's why I was cracking up because she kept talking about how vain he was. He was always looking in the mirror. Oh, my goodness. And always looking, looking, looking at but... his hair. <laughs> I'm not that good looking. Yeah. Always, But anyway, she just said he was so full of himself. And I yeah. was cracking up because I was it like, is... well, that's why the song was that's written about him. That's why I like him. reading these biographies mm-hmm. because you're getting glimpses into all these You're getting an inside lies, look inside at, look, yeah, yeah, behind the scenes. Yeah. Okay. So she, anyway, what I was what I was getting ready to say was, um, she's a teenager, and and one thing in her life that she feels like she's missing is just growing the normal common experiences that teenagers get to experience. Mm-hmm. She feels like she's missing out, and she is because yeah, she's she is always she's at memorizing the her line. She practically lives at the studio. Yeah, and since they had a law that if you were under eighteen years old and you were an actress or not, you had to always be accompanied by. A chaperone, mm-hmm. and so they said she was never left alone. They right. said even when she went to the bathroom, she had someone with her. Mm-hmm. So she was very sheltered, very secluded, right. and isolated. And but so she talks her mom into she says, "Hey, I want to go to school. I want to mm-hmm. go to high school." So she goes to high school, and she actually graduates in 1956. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she does get to experience a little bit of the high school mm-hmm. life. But she did say that she also had to deal with people who treated her differently because she was a movie star. And she was so famous. And she also had to leave school for weeks at a time because she'd be have a film to do or right. a project to do. And there is a small little story about Robert Redford uh, went to the same high school as she did and he oh, was I didn't see that. he was rude to her. He was in charge of Oh, you said Robert Redford. Oh yeah. Who did you say? Oh, I'm sorry. Who did you say? Robert Redford. Okay, yeah. I thought you said Wagner. Oh no, yeah, yeah Robert yeah, Redford. Yeah, she she had an, ex- uh, an encounter with Robert Robert yeah, Redford he was kind of rude, rude to her <laughs> because he looked down on actors at mm-hmm. the time when he when they at the high school well, together. They made it sound like he didn't know who she was. He did. Well, uh, I don't. I don't remember if he knew or I not. I thought they said he didn't realize who Maybe she was. Maybe he did. He, he may have. I can't but remember. years later, she said he apologized to her. Yes. Yeah. And they ended yeah. up doing some projects. And they ended up doing some projects together. Yeah. Okay. So she did graduate from then. Ben Nice. Ben Nice High School in 1956, and then in 1958. She was the leading lady to Frank Sinatra in Kings Go Forth. Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk about Frank Sinatra? Yes. Okay. I do want to talk about Frank Sinatra okay. because according to this book, if you want to believe this book, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Frank, Frank Sinatra is huge. He's a, you know, he's a legend. We mm-hmm. both know that. We both know he's in the rap It's kind of like he's king. He, yeah, was, he king. was king. He was king of Vegas. And yeah. But basically, this is the thing that disturbed me the most about the book was... 
They basically say in the book that her mom prostituted her out. Yeah. In other words, if her mom thought an industry insider or someone famous like Frank Sinatra could further her career, Mm -hmm. her mom would basically, in not so many words, but imply to these people that her daughter was was available. Was available. Well, I think mm-hmm. what happened was he he showed interest in her daughter, and then he asked her to come see him, and then her mom was like, "Sure." And mm-hmm. even though she was unchaperoned, and like, we're like talking, said, this is when she was like fifteen. Was she fifteen mm-hmm. or sixteen at this point? I think she might have been fourteen. She was four. Yeah, you're right. She was super young. I'm gonna say she was fourteen, fifteen at the oldest, mm-hmm. and her mom. Uh, and Frank, she they believe, had a discussion that she would go over there and get quote unquote singing lessons. Mm. And we're and we're led to believe and so her mom would drop and her mom would make her get dressed up and wear a dress and it seems like she'd make sure her hair was a certain way. And she would drop her off and leave her unchaperoned, even though she's not ever allowed to be alone. But when she went to Frank Sinatra's house, she would drop her off and let her stay for hours and hours and we're read we're led to believe that they had an affair. Yeah, and I have to agree. That was one and of the more disturbing like parts of the book. And he was like in his was he in his forties at this point? I don't know. He was or late thirties. He was old her. enough to be her dad, and yes. we're just led to believe that they had an affair. And it's it, it's very today. Mm. He would be in jail if yeah. this is true to whoever our Frank Sinatra fans. Maybe they're sitting there saying that's not true or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying if it if that is true today, he would be in jail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, it, it, her mom, as long as someone could further her career, it's, and especially someone mm-hmm. like him that had mm-hmm. that much that, uh, pull in mm-hmm. Hollywood, she didn't care. Yeah. But it, on it, the flip side, mm-hmm. the biography makes it sound like he that Natalie, like that he became a father mm-hmm. figure to her and that Natalie adored him. They said he was very mm-hmm. protective of her. Mm-hmm. And apparently they said Natalie absolutely adored him. And so for years to come, she would be on dates with different people or she'd be in a relationship with someone. And every so often they would mention that someone was following them. Mm-hmm. And she knew it was one of Frank's men following mm-hmm. her, watching her. But a lot of it was because he was so obsessive with people. Yes. And it was his way of watching her and pr- yes, protecting he would her. Yes, he would hire or have his he would have his mm-hmm. which is creepy. Yeah. Okay, so uh, a, a turning point in Wood's life that the book mentions was when she saw the film A Streetcar Named Desire. Uh, the book said she was transformed and in awe of director Elia Kazan and Vivian Lee's performance. Mm-hmm. And ha- have you seen A Streetcar Named Desire? You know, <laughs> I have seen, I, uh, I want to say I went to a play. Mm-hmm. And watch the play. Like it, oh, we went to a little theater. We in Fort went Smith. to a little theater and yeah. saw it in a play. I'm pretty sure. Yes, we did. Because yeah. I remember I knew. Remember Brick. Maggie, and yes. you knew the character playing Brick. Yes, 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 I remember that. So yes, apparently, and it's when so she... dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I enjoyed the play, but it's so, it was so, so serious. So she, when she saw that film, they just said it just she was just in awe of the performances and. Vivian Lee actually was like an idol to her, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I'm a big Vivian Lee fan. Mm-hmm, me too. Of course, we love Gone with the Wind. That's one of our favorite movies. We ought to mention. Yeah. So we love Vivian Lee. Love her performance. Yeah. In it. Um. Okay. So in the in the mid '60s, this is kind of her hi- hiatus, or I don't know if I, is that the right word? It's her uh, the height of her career. The height of her career was in the '60s, and so she was one of the biggest Hollywood 
stars along with Elizabeth Taylor and Audrey Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Were you kind of surprised that Audrey Hepburn wasn't really mentioned in the book? Because if she really was um, one of the bigger stars, they mentioned Elizabeth Taylor a few times, but not no, Audrey. No, I, w- I think they mainly kept the focus on they, her. I don't and, know that they ran in the same circle. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. One thing I want to say, too, is um, they really portrayed Natalie in a very positive light. Yeah. They were talking about how she really was kind-hearted and, that and how professional. she... And professional she treated everyone around her with kindness and respect and and she was always on time she always knew her lines they said like she was the model actress she always did exactly what they needed Mm -hmm. her to do and I just think that's cool that no matter how famous she got or no matter how big her name got they said no matter what she was always kind to everybody around her now I hate to pop the balloon Mm -hmm. (laughs) am I forgetting something well there was a point they they talked about that what you said is absolutely mm-hmm. correct. They oh. talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. But there was a period in her life I where about she that. kind of started having a little bit of a meltdown. I forgot and, about and that. And she yes. fired all of her agents. Her mm-hmm. Anybody that had anything to do with her career, she fired them. They said mm-hmm. they said she broke her contract off with whatever movie studio mm-hmm. she was at the time and refused to, refused to do the movie. Yeah. So there was a period where she like had kind I of I forgot had about that. Yeah, I think she had gotten, she had just, been everybody's mm. puppet for yes. so long. I think she finally got to the yes. point. She's like, I'm. I I've think had it. she just got to a breaking point. Yeah. It's like I'm starting afresh. I'm starting new. And you're right. She yeah. did fire. And I look at that as a good thing because yeah. before she was finally like taking she, control yes. of her life. It was like she was a puppet before. Yes. But mm. once she's, I think she started seeing, truly seeing. Hey, I'm. I'm a person. I. I can. I can make decisions in in my life. Right. Can, uh, that are going to affect my life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Um. 1979 she wins a golden globe for best actress and from here to eternity and it it wasn't um you know there was a movie from here to eternity but what she won the award for was a mini series remake Mm -hmm. and of course when i think of from here to eternity i'm sorry the only thing that comes to my mind is a man and a woman rolling around on the in the (laughs) The sand in the surf so my memory is <laughs> we were really thought. young. I, we were young, and it was a mini series. And we, I, I don't know if you remember this. It like oh. came on like every night for like a week. Oh, so and, that and was I remember, her. yes, mom and dad were watching it mm-hmm. on the old, you know, big tube TV. And I just remember it was like a mini series. But I and I remember the beach and like who was the yeah. main guy in it? Um, um, I can't think of his name. I can't very, think. He's he very famous. famous. I cannot think. Yeah. It wasn't I mentioned Burton, was it? Oh no. no, I can't think who it is either. But anyway, I remember seeing like, don't aren't they like running across the beach or something? I, that's, I don't know. Or, I was just I was just thought that and was funny, and wasn't it about like World War? Was it a World War Two movie? I, I like couldn't tell you other, anything other than okay. the around on the beach. Something <laughs> about I'm wanting to say it's a World War Two. Uh, movie yeah. and the guys of, but, I don't know. Oh, anyway, military. apparently she's pretty good in it. She did win a Golden Globe okay. for Best Actress in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 1980, The Memory of Eva Riker, that was the last completed production she ever okay. did. Alright, 1981, she was filming a sci-fi film called Brainstorm mm-hmm. and uh, that's it. They were actually uh, had taken, they were taking the weekend off from shooting. Mm-hmm. Her and her husband uh, what Robert Wagner and her co-star in the movie, Christopher Walken. Now, they Walken. already divorced. Didn't they divorce and then get back together? Yeah, we're going to actually mention okay. that. Right now, we're just kind of hitting her okay. career highlights. But during the filming of this movie, 
they took the weekend off from filming. She's with RJ's, that's what they called him, Robert Wagner, and Christopher Walken. Mm -hmm. And that's when they take the boat out to Catalina Island and she drowns. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was interesting. They did they did release the film, but they had to... Uh, it said they the ending was rewritten. They cut her character out of at least three scenes. And they used body doubles for important scenes that had not been filmed yet. Mm -hmm. So that was how they completed the movie. And then the sad thing... Uh, was in 1980, February of 1982, which would have been just a few months away because she died in November of 81. Mm -hmm. February of 82, she was scheduled to make a stage, her stage debut. She'd never been on mm -hmm. stage before in Anastasia. And this well, was one of her dreams was yes. to be in that because she has, she's of Russian heritage. Yes. Of course, Anastasia is a huge story. You know, if you're Russian, Isn't that's it a like huge the part of their history. Uh, the czar, the, the family was attacked and, mm -hmm. the, and there was all these legends about one daughter. The whole yeah. Family all the family killed. was massacred. They were all massacred except for supposedly one of the daughters. The youngest daughter supposedly Anastasia. survived. Mm -hmm. And so she felt this very, very deep connection mm -hmm. to the character because of her Russian heritage. Yes. And she felt like she was born to play that part. Yes. So here she was. And she's she was, fluent in Russian. Yeah. So here she was. She was going to get to play this dream role mm -hmm. in the following February. Yes, she, yes, that was her dream to be on stage and death. to play a Russian character. And Anastasia, of course, is one of the biggest names in Russian history. Yes, so, so that that was very uh, sad to me yes. that, that she never got to do that. Um, okay, so just real quickly, um, so that was pretty much the her career highlights, mm -hmm. which, you know, pretty impressive, you know, just Yeah, she about had it. a very impressive career. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned earlier that she was married to Robert Wagner twice, okay? mm -hmm. and, that, and, and of course they had a very highly publicized marriage because they were both so famous. So in, she married him the first time, December of 1957, and they divorced April of 1962. Mm -hmm. So what is that, for that seven... About five, six years they were married the first time. And then after that, and about seven years later, in 1969, she marries British producer Richard Gregson. They have a daughter, Natasha, who they name after her. And in the book, it's kind of sad. They, It's almost like she feels like she has a child, and this child's going to actually have a chance to have a childhood mm -hmm. that she never had. And one thing we should mention, too, is... They didn't want her to keep her real name of Natasha. They wanted mm -hmm. her to have the stage name of Natalie because they thought it sounded more American. Yeah. And she didn't like it because she felt like she was losing her identity, which she was. And the whole book, I guess this is a good time to mention this, the whole book talks about how she never felt like she had an identity. Yes, because she went from having a Russian name, Natasha, which mm -hmm. I can't pronounce her last name, mm -hmm. to Natalie Wood, which is something that the, you know... It was the a famous producer that was one of the famous yes. producers last night and she didn't like it. Yeah, so she and stuck then, with the name she hates, and it's not her Russian so heritage. think about this. You, you you have your name changed. You're at a very impressionable age of the age of four, mm -hmm. and from that point on, all she knows is the roles she plays in mm -hmm. life. So she never felt like she knew who she was as yes. a person. She only knew who she was on film. According to the biography, whatever role she was playing, that's kind of who like, she felt she was. Yes. And, people and she would knew, take on that persona during that time period, and yeah. that's kind of who she was, whoever she was portraying. And so people that knew her well would say, uh, Natalie, the best acting job I ever see you do is when you portrayed Natalie Wood. Yeah. Because they said, it, even when fans would come up, they said it was like she would become this different person. Yeah, a switch would come on and mm -hmm. she would become the Natalie star, Wood. Natalie Wood. Yeah. 
Okay, mm-hmm. so she marries this British producer, Richard Gregson. They have the daughter, Natasha, who was born 1970, the same year we were born. I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of cool. Okay. And then in 1972, she remarries uh, RJ. Mm-hmm. And then they have a daughter, Courtney, who was born in 1974. Okay, so, and then we've already talked about the disturbing uh, relationship she had with Frank Sinatra as, you know, as a teenager. You know, we think that's a little... Yeah, it's gross. It's gross. Yeah. Um, but the 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 most disturbing part of the book uh, was her sister alleges that she was raped when she was sixteen by a very famous yes, actor. Yes, I said forgot it was, about that. Supposedly, mm-hmm. it was very brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, lasted for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just matter of absolutely fact, all horrendous. Didn't her. Her mom didn't even want to take her. She told her mom it mm-hmm. happened, and her mom didn't want to take her to the hospital because mm-hmm. she said, no, the doctors will be asking questions, and the police might get involved. And yeah. because the guy that she accused of raping her was such a famous actor. Yeah, I said he was so powerful. Uh, such a powerful man. And I guess we just won't say his name. I guess Yeah, people, you can Google on the internet. You can and you'll Google find it and figure seconds, it out. Yeah. yeah. But um, the that's what made me so angry at the mom. She was mm-hmm. more interested in furthering now. She's yeah, like, she was worried that if people found out this happened, it, it might hurt her yes. chances for future roles. You might not ever get another role. Mm-hmm. You'll be blacklisted in Hollywood. She was more concerned about Natalie continuing on and furthering her career than being raped. Yeah. Brutally raped, and, and according. And yeah. what just makes me sick is the mom and the sister, supposedly, according to the book, were sitting out in the car. Just Natalie was led to believe, according to the book, that she was going for an audition in a hotel with a very, very famous um, actor in Hollywood, someone mm-hmm. who'd been around for a long time, a much older man. And they said the the sister, Lana, remembers sitting in a car for hours, and mm-hmm. then when, and when Natalie came back out, you know, just... Crying, crying, disheveled, disheveled, just, yeah. Uh, telling them. Yeah. Uh, did they end up going to the hospital or not? I can't remember. I don't think they did. But uh, apparently, according to the book, mm-hmm. she told many, several of her close friends. Yeah. Uh, the what I, My sources said she told at least five different people, okay. close friends. Yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. Now, in 2018, Lana Wood, which is her younger sister, mm-hmm. um, she started a podcast about Natalie's life. So that's something, if our listeners, especially those of you who just love Natalie Wood and mm-hmm. probably know more about her than we do. If, if you're really interested, uh, this would be a good podcast to do. And unfortunately, I didn't write down the name of it. But mm-hmm. all you'd have to do is Google Lana Wood Podcast yeah. and you would find it. But it's a 12-part series mm-hmm. about her life. And the, they say they really do go into a lot of details about her death and things like mm-hmm. that. So like we've already said, she died under mysterious circumstances mm-hmm. at the age of 43. And one thing we haven't brought up that is a theme throughout from page one, I believe, mm-hmm. all the way through the whole book when her mother talked to a fortune teller, the fortune teller oh, said, "How could I forget you, this? Your second born mm-hmm. will be beautiful and famous. She'll be known around the world. She'll be known as a great beauty." But she said, "But I see dark, deep dark yeah, water." Yeah, she always said, "Stay away from." She dark said, water. "Stay away now, from Joy, dark here's water." Where I got confused because mm-hmm. I, I kept understanding it that they that the mother yes. was told to stay away from dark water. Yes, but. I think the mother took at it. It took it as it it, it could be me or Natalie. So okay. Natalie was told to always stay away from dark water. I know. I was. I'm a little confused mm-hmm. now because it's been a while since I've read the book. But it seems mm-hmm. like when I read it, the mother thought that the the uh, gypsy was talking to her. So mm-hmm. she was terrified. She would mm-hmm. never go anywhere with deep dark water. The mother. Thought the it mother was thought it was to her. To okay. her. But the longer she lived, the more she realized. 
wait a second, maybe she wasn't talking about me. Maybe mm. she was talking about one of my kids. So the bottom line is Natalie was terrified of yes. water. Terrified. Te yeah, they make a point throughout the whole book. Mm. I mean, there's numerous times where they talk about Natalie being deathly afraid yeah, she had of a scene, deep, dark water. So anytime she had a scene that had anything to do with water, there were numerous witnesses who said she literally would, get would have panic attacks. Mm -hmm. She would start screaming. Mm -hmm. She was, she, I mean, terrified. And the whole reason that they, the author kept bringing this up over and over and over again was because one of the stories on the night she died was that that she got into a dinghy to go yeah, to the island. And that she, she would have yeah, that at, in the middle of the night, dark, that she gets off the boat and gets into a dinghy. And, of course, everyone that knows her really well mm -hmm. is like, no way. She was terrified and of the water. And after reading the book, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. I'm surprised she ever went out on that yacht as terrified Me too. as she was uh, That's one thing Robert Wagner, that was one problem they had at first because she was so terrified of water, and mm -hmm. he loved the water. Yeah. And he wanted to get a boat, and they did, and he... Uh, that's one of the things they did t together was they would uh, well, boat around in his their big boat. Uh, one of the mm. things that it to me kind of answered that question because I kept saying why is she out in the ocean if she's that scared? Well, mm -hmm. one of her friends made the comment in Natalie's mind it was there was a difference of being on the water and in the water. Yeah, like she that's felt true. safe as long as she was as on long the as boat. she was on the as boat. As long as she didn't have to get. But while it, yeah. it also mentioned several times that. Every time they would drop anchor or go somewhere and swim, that she never swam. Yes. She yeah. always stayed on the boat. She did not want to get in the water. Right. Okay, so that's pretty much, you know, how the book ended. She died under mysterious circumstances at the age mm -hmm. of 43 on a weekend boating trip to Catalina Island aboard his yacht called The Splendor. It was never determined how she entered the water, and there was only, the only other people on the boat were Christopher Walken and a, a her, RJ and the captain, Dennis Davern. Mm -hmm. On November 28th, her body was recovered at 8 a.m., and they found it a mile away from the boat, and mm -hmm. they said that the inflata inflatable dinghy was beached nearby. Um, the, on the autopsy, they did say there was bruising on the body and arms and abrasions to the left cheek. And like I said, we... It's so depressing. I don't even like talking about this, but um, supposedly the night that she died, they said there was a lot of flirting going on. That they there wasn't okay. So they went to eat dinner on the island mm -hmm. the night before, and the waitresses both uh, they were both they both testified, and they mm -hmm. both their both of their statements said that there was a lot of flirting going on between mm -hmm. Natalie and, and Christopher. And they said they could, there was a lot of drinking, and they said they could just feel the tension mm -hmm. at the table, and they felt like they could that Robert was very jealous. Yes, and, and, and I don't repeat it here because mm -hmm. it's pretty crass, but according to one or two of the witnesses at this restaurant, that he broke a wine bottle and yelled at Christopher Walken, you know, basically Maybe saying... she broke the one. Oh, one. I read that Robert Wagner wrote it. I'll have to go back and reread yeah. it, but I guess what they said because that Robert Wagner broke it. Because a couple of witnesses said that they... They thought she did it, and it looked like she was doing it for drama. Maybe, but yeah, maybe. we'll have to go back and have to go back that. and reread it. But mm -hmm. basically, without repeating it because it's mm -hmm. too crass, but um, Robert Wagner accused Christopher Walken of wanting to be with an athlete, yes, of yeah. wanting to, you know. And, but apparently, the tension was so bad at their table mm -hmm. that the waitress asked to be excused from the table, and they yeah. brought in someone else to wait on them that night. Yes, yeah. and even they said Natalie Wood was very apologetic to Christopher Walken mm -hmm. and like yelling at RJ, "Why are you acting like mm -hmm. this?" And another witness 
says that she saw Christopher Walken and Natalie Wood holding hands under the table. Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. So that was, if that's true, yeah. oh my goodness, yeah. holding hands right there. And RJ is super, super mm-hmm. jealous type guy. So uh, they reopened the case like in 2011 mm-hmm. and they said that Robert Wagner was a, was a person of interest. Mm-hmm. And But here's the thing, Joy. He's like... He's got to be in, in his, his 80s. It, no, I want to say he's in his early Maybe in 90s. His 90s yeah. I'm almost sure he's like 94. He's mm-hmm. he's really old. Yeah. So I was thinking it wouldn't matter if they ever, you know, nothing's going to happen now. I don't the think guy's so 94 either. years old. So. Her sister just wants justice and mm-hmm. she really feels like that Robert Wagner was somehow responsible. Mm-hmm. And what the part that was disturbing to me was that there was a boat nearby yeah. and that they could hear a woman yelling out, help, help, yeah. I'm drowning. And they thought, they thought, was this a joke? Is this like mm-hmm. a, and they heard a, two a, men, is this a prank? They said they heard two men taunting the yes, woman. That, to me, yeah. that was the most chilling yes. part. There was a witness that said on the boat nearby that he could hear two women taunt. There was a woman in the water. She's yelling, help me, help me, I'm drowning, for like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that there's two, he could hear two male voices taunting her. Mm-hmm. That, now, if that is true, that is chilling. Yeah, that part was very chilling to me. I, I couldn't even imagine. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, there's always two sides of the story. Yeah. Both of his children, to this day, adamantly support him and say there is no way in a million years he would have ever harmed mm-hmm. a head on the... Uh, I believe that, her. too, that he truly loved her, but I mm-hmm. also believe people do stuff they would never do when they're very, very mm-hmm. drunk. Very yeah, I mean, if he wasn't a drunken rage the way the captain says yeah. he was... Yeah, you do things that you would never dream you'd do in a million mm-hmm. years. Um, but Another interesting thing is that the captain, well, he's dead now... But oh, he, he did die. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he died. Oh. Well, once again, I'll have to fe- check a fe- fact check. Yeah. I don't but think so. well, the reason I think that's true, mm-hmm. and we'll have to fact check, is because we uh, the sister says that he called her one night drunk. Mm-hmm. That the mm-hmm. captain called her drunk and mm-hmm. said, "I'm sorry, I've got to get this off my chest." Yeah, I remember that. But. Um, he he, you know he heard a horrible fight that mm-hmm. Robert he and he in other words he thinks Robert Wagner did hit her and and throw her off the boat hmm. according okay. to him and she said I thought she said well now that he's dead that's all I have to go by is that phone call oh well it could be it could but be. anyway but yeah supposedly the captain called the mm-hmm. sister just to you know get it off his chest that well, I know who did it Robert Wagner did it. Okay. And that's why she reopened the case and doesn't want to let it go. Yeah, I understand. So, and one of the daughters I saw in an interview, they said, you know, we just, we're tired of this. We just want our mother to be remembered for the work that she yeah. did and not mm-hmm. for this tragedy. I could see that. And I, yeah, as if I was a, a daughter, I would be, I would feel yeah, the same way. Yeah, you've got this mother who has this amazing uh, body mm-hmm. of work, who's an incredible actress. Mm-hmm. But yet when people talk, just like me at the beginning, you know, the first thing my mind goes to is her mysterious right. death it's instead of what she accomplished. Toward the, the, yeah, the, they want tragic. They want people to remember her for her, mm-hmm. her the person she was. And the great movie she made, and not the mysterious her mysterious death. Yeah. But like I said, it is fascinating to me that she was terrified of dark water her whole life, and how did she die? In dark water. Yeah, it it was very very eerie. Yeah, I agree. So um, I would recommend the book. It's very very long, but it to me it was interesting Mm -hmm. enough that um, it, it. you know, it kept me wanting to, yeah. to listen. It's super in-depth. 
You're going to learn everything mm. you ever want to know about her. Mm. You're going to learn all about, you know, the famous people she rubbed shoulders with. You're going to see her mom was kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. I do believe she's a little over the top crazy, but it is a fascinating book and I would highly recommend it. I'm going to give it five. Oh, do you have a rating word? Um, oh, let's give it, how many splendors do you give it? Oh, okay. I'm going to give it five splendors in the grass. Okay. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to give it, I'll, I'll give it four and a half just because I don't like so long books, but mm -hmm. that's, you know, like we said, we've talked about this before. Yeah, it's, it's, I, it was um, so well researched and yeah. so document, or it was very yeah. well researched, and yeah. you can just tell these the whoever wrote the book just talked to so many different people and really got in. And I don't know, I just thought it was so yeah. interesting. The only thing I want to add, and this was the thing that kept going through my mind, especially toward the end of the book, was people who strive for fame and fortune there's always a price to pay mm -hmm. and in this case it, she basically i felt like the mother sacrificed her daughter's mm -hmm. childhood yeah so, i feel like natalie now did one not point, have a natalie, childhood uh, did she did actually become interested in the role she played but mm -hmm. but i feel like i felt like she sacrificed her daughter's childhood she did and also mm -hmm. one thing we haven't touched on is Natalie's anxiety yes. and paranoia. She had dolls. Was it dolls or bears? Or I can't remember now. She had a room full of animals. And they said... tigers? Oh, yeah. She, she went from dolls to tigers yes. or something. Yes, like little remember. stuff, tigers. Yeah. And yeah. one part of the book said that she actually believed they talked to yeah. her, but I don't know how they know so that. She, so Joy's hitting on a very important aspect of the book that we have not mentioned and that was that her life was riddled with anxiety fear uh, and anxiety fear. She, she could not be alone she could not go to sleep without sleeping pills mm -hmm. and she toward uh, at some point in her life she started seeing a psychiatrist yes so she paid a high yeah. high price she yeah. lost her childhood and most of her life was full yeah. of fear I just think and anxiety about these people who especially young girls who their whole ambition in life is to become rich and famous, but mm -hmm. I don't think people realize there's always, always a, a price. There's, there's always a trade-off yes, and a there's price always, to pay. Right. But, but one good thing, it does say when she, when she was married and just kind of being a, basically a stay-at-home mom that's and raising her kids, mm -hmm. that's when she was the happiest. When yes. she was a stay-at-home mom and raising her kids, that's when she was the happiest. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that those kids have many happy memories with their mom because it sounded like she was a really good mom. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess we've about... I think we've covered most covered of about it. about everything yeah. I can possibly think to talk about Natalie Wood. So check out this book when you get a chance, and we will see you next time on Twin, Twin Talk. Talk.